For decades, hundreds of cities across the country have protected undocumented immigrants from deportation, giving them sanctuary. Mayors in these sanctuary cities from New York to San Francisco are vowing to do all they can to continue to shield illegal immigrants, despite President-elect Donald Trump's promise to cut off their federal funding. Chicago's Mayor Rahm Emanuel reassured undocumented immigrants in his city on Monday. It always will be a sanctuary city. To all those who are, after Tuesday's election, very nervous, there's filled with anxiety has been spoken to, you are safe in Chicago. And yesterday, after a meeting with Trump, New York City's mayor, Bill de Blasio, said New York would remain a sanctuary. I reiterated to him that this city and so many cities around the country will do all we can to protect our residents and to make sure that families are not torn apart. Attacks on sanctuary cities were a campaign staple for Trump, and now he'll have $650 billion in federally funded leverage. But will he use it? My guests are Lena Graber, a special project attorney at the Immigrant Legal Resource Center in San Francisco, and Kevin Johnson, the dean and a professor at UC Davis Law School. Lena, cities seem to be doing different things for illegal immigrants. Is there a legal definition for sanctuary cities? Hi, June. Uh, Thanks for having me. No, there is currently no specific definition of a sanctuary policy. It doesn't exist in law or regulation. Um, To some extent, what is a sanctuary policy is a matter of perspective. But there is a big spectrum of what measures local communities can take in order to protect immigrants in their jurisdiction and or refuse to participate in assisting with federal immigration enforcement. At the Immigrant Legal Resource Center, we track some of the most important or most um, effective of those policies, which are both resolutions or ordinances or administrative policies where the local jurisdiction will not use its resources to assist in federal immigration enforcement, and in particular will not agree to hold immigrants for ICE so that they can deport them. Kevin, since states and cities can't be required to enforce federal law, so is there any violation of federal immigration laws in what these sanctuary cities are doing? Not not generally, and I don't even think specifically. I, I think traditionally it's been the case that the federal government has power to um, enforce the immigration laws, to admit immigrants, to deport immigrants, and it's been up to the states uh, to um, enforce their their laws, including their their uh, law, you know criminal justice laws. And the, that separation is thought been thought of traditionally as being a good separation, uh, because you want the federal government that considers foreign policy consequences of immigration enforcement, and you want the state and local governments to focus on what they should be focusing on: the, the, the safety uh, and, and the um, well-being of the residents of the state and local jurisdictions. In recent years, there's been some states that have tried to uh, intrude on the federal power to regulate immigration, like Arizona, Uh, and the the Supreme Court has said that that, that those those efforts are limited. So I think it's what we're seeing now is some tension, um, some um, discussion, probably some debate about the role of the states and the federal government 
uh, when it comes to uh, immigration and immigrants and how to treat immigrants. Lena, explain the what the Obama administration has been doing using these so-called detainer requests to target undocumented immigrants and how some cities have been reacting. So uh, for the last many years, ICE has been using this mechanism called an ICE detainer, which is a message they send to typically a county jail, but any law enforcement agency that says, we're interested in someone in your custody, please hold them for us so that we can pick them up and put them in deportation proceedings. And that mechanism has been roundly criticized in the federal courts as an illegal arrest without probable cause or a warrant. These requests are not reviewed by a judge. They don't meet the requirements of the Fourth Amendment. And in response to those court decisions and general concerns about assisting in immigration enforcement, hundreds of counties across the country and cities, um, but more often actually at the county level, have enacted laws or policies saying that they won't comply with ICE detainers. And many of those um, at sanctuary cities, what they are really doing is following the law and upholding the Constitution and the limits that apply to them. And so it will be quite a a strike for the federal government to come in and say, although the courts will hold you liable if you do comply with these ICE detainers, we'll try to take your money away if you don't. Kevin, legally, can the Trump administration take away federal money that is not related to the the purpose of immigration? I I don't think at this point uh, the, the Trump administration could do that. There was a bill that was pending in Congress a while ago that would have attempted to defund, quote, sanctuary cities. That, that bill died in Congress. And I think that if the Trump administration wanted to do something as extreme as it's suggesting it, it wants to do, uh, it would have to go to Congress, get a bill that would try to somehow define what a sanctuary city was and when they could be defunded or what could be defunded. Uh, but, but I do think that you know, there, there are some limits to the strings attached to federal monies, and we'll have to see how that works out in any particular bill. And, and we haven't seen a bill yet, and I, I imagine that uh, there may be one uh, in the works, or there certainly may be discussions. But I don't think that President Trump, through executive action, could just start defunding state and local governments because um, he didn't agree with their immigration policies. Kevin, in just about 30 seconds, Tell us what the Supreme Court has held, uh, the conditions for Congress to impose uh, conditions on the receipt of federal money to the states. Well, the, the Congress does have the power uh, to uh, require certain things and, and include certain strings uh, with federal funds. Uh, and it has imposed uh, those, those strings in a number of respects. For example, uh, federal monies aren't supposed to go to universities that discriminate on the basis of race. It has tended to be relatively narrow, the strings, uh, and the courts, including the Supreme Court, hasn't been willing to allow overbroad and over over uh, overregulate the states in that way. Attacks on illegal immigration and sanctuary cities were a campaign staple for President-elect Donald Trump. What do you tell the wife who's lost her husband? because a sanctuary city released an illegal immigrant from behind bars. This has to end. It will end. 
If I become president, I promise you it will happen. Now, Trump will have $650 billion in federally funded leverage, but will he withhold funds from sanctuary cities across the country where mayors have vowed to continue to protect illegal immigrants? I've been talking with Lena Graber, a special project attorney at the Immigrant Legal Resource Center in San Francisco, and Kevin Johnson, the dean and a professor at UC Davis Law School. Lena, have calls increased to your center since the election? They have. We have seen over the last couple years with this intense rhetoric across the country uh, that is very threatening to immigrant communities, we have seen more and more questions about ways that local jurisdictions can, within their authority, um, opt out of helping with immigration enforcement or otherwise protect their immigrant residents and communities. And especially since the election last week, we at the IRC have received lots of requests for legal advice about ICE detainers, about what should cities do, and especially what is the extent of their authority regarding immigration enforcement. Kevin, you were talking about attempts in Congress to pass laws about immigration sanctuary cities. Recently, just this week, in fact, in Texas, State Senator Charles Perry filed legislation that would ban sanctuary cities in that state. Is there any difference in looking at it legally if it is a state saying, in this state, we can't have sanctuary cities, rather than the federal government saying, you know, you can't have sanctuary cities across the country? I I think it's a very significant legal difference. Uh, States can regulate localities in that state in ways that the federal government can't. And so some states, like California, have laws that actually allow local governments to act in certain ways and to cooperate in limited ways with federal immigration authorities. In other states, uh, within limits, I I think, could have different policies and approach things in different ways. One of the problems would be trying to, you know, figure out how to define sanctuary cities and how to to, to, you know, direct uh, specifically how uh, local governments should or and shouldn't operate. But I think there, there probably is more power in the states to regulate localities than in the federal government regulating states and localities. Lino, go, uh, excuse me, not governor, Mayor uh, Rahm Emanuel of Illinois, of Chicago, has been saying that, uh, has been in this a lot because of the community there and because uh, they would be in particular trouble if any federal funds were withdrawn. But he said the other day that he just doesn't think that this is going to happen. I don't believe they'll do it, that meaning take away any federal money, because that would mean every major city in the U.S. would be targeted. And that's not what an administration will do. Do you agree that it is unlikely that this is going to happen, this targeting of funds? I I do agree. I think um, it's it's not good policy. It would be taking funds away not only from major cities across the country, but from far larger, potentially far larger swaths of counties and rural communities as well. Um, And so on top of it being on, as Kevin was saying, quite shaky legal ground in terms of Congress's actual authority to place these kind of conditions, um, I I don't think it's really that likely. 
And Kevin, how likely do you think it is taking the legal and weighing it against the promises that Trump made over and over and over again? Well, I I think it's not that likely. Uh, It's certainly absent congressional authorization that um, the Trump administration is going to try to defund uh, state and local governments that have an immigration policy different than the one he likes. Uh, At the same time, I I do think there's likely to be a discussion between this president, like there was with the last president, and state and local governments about what what is the role for state and local governments, how can they play a role in immigration enforcement or not. And I think there's going to be, you know, a a continuing discussion of that matter. Uh, And I think that he, he, uh, it's an important issue to him and he's going to pursue it. I want to thank you both. That's Kevin Johnson, the dean and a professor at UC Davis Law School, and Lena Graber, special project attorney at the Immigrant Legal Resource Center in San Francisco. Coming up on Bloomberg Law, AT&T is trying to become one of the world's biggest media companies by buying Time Warner with $85 billion deal. We'll look at it. This is Bloomberg.